Thank you for joining us on Community Focus, where we look at the issues that matter in South Florida and the people and organizations that are making a difference. We are almost at the official beginning of summer, the equinox tomorrow. It is likely that most of us will be thinking about our electricity bills and how we can cut costs, particularly in light of the after effects of the pandemic and the recent inflation that's been cutting into everyone's budgets. So I'm very happy to welcome an expert on the subject direct from the source from FPL, Anna Espinosa, one of the spokespeople for FPL. Welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. Okay, tell me how to save money. (laughs) All right. Well, we definitely encourage our customers to add energy efficiency to their list of to-dos, especially now that the temperatures are starting to rise. And one thing that we have a program is called the Energy Manager, and it's a free tool on our app and on our website that can help you evaluate how energy efficient your home is and identify opportunities to lower your bill. And so we know with the summer, we know that your air conditioner is going to be running and your air conditioner is one of the largest users of energy in your home. And what we suggest is to make sure that the maintenance on your air conditioner is up to date. Make sure you're replacing your air filter every month. One thing that I do religiously now is every time I get my FPL bill, I change out my air filter. So I know I'm doing it once a month. Okay, let me ask you, if you have pets, should you be doing it more often? Because, you know, they can kick up quite a bit of hair. Yeah, the recommendation for FPL is once a month. If you see that your pet is releasing a lot of hair and you feel comfortable maybe doing it twice a month, then you can. But it's never going to hurt your air conditioner to replace the filter. So keep making sure that it doesn't go longer than a month is really ideal because then the particles are making it more difficult for the air to circulate. And is there really a difference between the lower priced basic filters and then the ones that have all these special additions that they're supposed to help with allergens and all of this? And, you know, it can vary from $3 per filter to $15 per filter. And that's a big difference when you're talking about replacing it every month. Yeah, I've actually spoken to our experts about this because I had that same question with my home and they told me that it's not so much about how much you're spending as long as you're doing it regularly. Because they were saying that the more expensive, almost the more filters it has in it, which makes it like it could get dirtier quicker. Oh, interesting. You understand? Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. Sure. So he was saying as long as it's a consistent change that you're keeping it up to date, he's like, it doesn't matter if you're buying the $5 one and just changing it, you know, every three weeks, every time you get your bill. Okay, great. And what else can we be doing? So for every degree that you raise your thermostat, you're going to save anywhere from three to 5% on your bill. And we advise to try to set your thermostat at about 78 degrees. And if you're not going to be home, to set it at about 82. And I know it can sound a little drastic, but by doing that, you can save up to $12 a month. Okay, that adds over the year, $144. Exactly. Especially if you're not going to be home, like making it a habit to raise the temperature when you're not home is incredibly important because it's going to save you money long term. 
So is this where something like the automated thermostats come in where you can preset the times and the temperatures? Good idea. Smart thermostats are definitely something that is encouraged just because you can set that. And right now we're at the point where you can do it from your phone and it's easy. Okay. And yeah, yeah, there's a lot more tips for you. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So something that a lot of people don't think about are the fans. And this is something I didn't really think about until I started working with FPL is that fans cool people, not rooms. So leaving your fan on all day, thinking that it's helping your house stay cool, isn't really doing anything. It's just costing you money. So by turning off the fan when you're not in a room, you could save up to $8 a month compared to like leaving it on all the time. I am such a bad offender of that. I didn't know that. Thank you. I'm looking forward to my extra $8 a month. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad I could help. Yeah. And that was something I didn't know either because I, you know, you see the fan and you're like, it feels cooler in here. Right. Uh, But really, you're the one that's cool, not the room. And I was in the habit, I would always turn out the light part on the fan, but let the fan keep going. So now that I know that, it will all go off when I'm out and then I'll come back on when I'm in. Exactly. And you know, that's a good habit too. keeping the lights off when you're not in the room. That's important. And another thing that's really important, which kind of moving to the water heater section is when it comes to the temperature setting on your water heater. Most people, it's automatically at 140 degrees. You can reduce that to 120 degrees and still get incredibly hot water while saving money on your bill, because that can save you up to $7 a month. Okay. So now we're at $15.27 a month total with all of your, um, I'm keeping a running total here. Good. (laughs) Because it adds up to a lot of money, you know, especially with the whole thing with oil lately and the cost of gas. We're looking for ways to adjust our expenditures so that we can compensate for other things that have gone up. Does the oil have any impact on our electricity prices? So right now we're seeing everywhere the high global demand for fuel and supply shortages is impacting everyone and everything. And so there has been a significant increase in fuel and it is reflected in the bill and the fuel cost is paid directly by customers. FPL does not profit from the cost of fuel. Okay. So as fuel rises, the cost will rise for the customers. So that's why we are being so proactive about these tips because, you know, it's it's us too. This is everyone that is feeling these changes. Right. So this is all the more reason for us to take advantage of these other ways to cut the bill to compensate for that. Exactly. And I have more tips too. Bring them on. All right. So with laundry, if you can avoid using the hot water on your laundry, if you're comfortable washing your clothes in cold water, it could save you up to $8 a month. So, I mean, there are some loads where I feel like I need to use warm water, but for the most part, since I started working for FPL, this has been a change I've made and my clothes still comes out looking clean and smelling good. So I think that was one really interesting thing that I learned. And then changing the lint filter in your dryer before every load. That's another one where I speak from experience as a pet owner. You know, all the hairs that get on my clothes, when I pull out that lint filter, it's it's full. So 
I'm again in the habit. I don't even wait until the next load. I do it immediately after each load and just Smart. get rid of it. Okay, changing the lint filter in the dryer. What Before else? For every got? load. Okay. And then using the smallest appliances that you need to cook, like a slow cooker, a microwave, a toaster oven, because heating the stove and the oven takes quite a bit of energy. Plus it heats up the kitchen. So then your AC will have to work longer to cool the house down. So a toaster oven or a convection oven uses one third of that energy is a full-sized oven. And then also firing up the grill. Now that it's summer, using an outdoor grill instead of the oven can also help keep your kitchen cool and lower your cost on electric. Well, you know, this being Father's Day, what could be more appropriate? Because we know dads love to grill, so they can make it Father's Day every day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. What else? And then adopt an open door policy and like keep the bedroom and the other doors in the room open if possible, like keeping the the house itself open so that the air can flow better so that the air conditioner isn't working as hard because okay. the closed doors can block the airflow. Now, talking about air conditioners, how much of a difference does it make if you've got an air conditioner that's, uh, you know, seven, eight years old? Is it worth it at that point to invest in a new air conditioner? You know, I know they're constantly upgrading the technology and making things more efficient. So does it make sense? Is the savings there? And is the efficiency better? I think it, it depends on what air conditioner you have. But I definitely think that if there are customers looking to make long-term energy efficiency and they have, you know, money available for this, I do think it is in their best interest because it's such a big impact on your energy bill. So, you know, the newer, the better it is for energy efficiency. Now, you have a test, an energy savings quiz on the website, and I was taking yeah. it. And one of the first questions was about ceiling insulation. How does that help to keep our expenses down on our electric bills? Ceiling insulation to your attic is one of the most cost-effective energy investments that you can make. And FPL has been known to have rebates available. So I would suggest calling the number on your bill and asking if there are any rebates available that you are looking to make this investment in your home for ceiling installation. Because I mean, I know with the ceiling insulation, it's keeping the cool air inside your home. It's not letting it go out as easily. Right. Because the sun is just beating down on the roof all day. So anything exactly. that keeps it from going from the roof into the home has got to help. Exactly. So, yeah, I would definitely call and ask because there might be some rebates available. Okay. Always good for that. And I know the state often has their own rebates and sometimes the cities or counties have their own rebates. So it's worth it to check them all and see what's out there. I do have one more too. Okay, go for it. So one last tip is something that we don't really think about, but like gaming systems that are constantly plugged in, even though we aren't using them, sometimes it might just be better to unplug them. Okay. Even things like TVs or computers? Yeah. If you're not going to use them, like one thing I do is if I'm going out on vacation or whatever, I will unplug everything. 
there's no need for it to be using electricity. Okay, so I think by now we've saved somewhere around 40 or $50 a month by using all of these suggestions that you've made. And again, when you think about the other expenses and other things that have gone up, it's a tremendous savings. And it just makes you feel better when you open the bill. And the graph that shows your electric usage, when it's lower, it just feels so much better. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much. If we go to the website, I'm sure we can find a lot more information, right? Definitely. Okay. So FPL.com. Anna Espinosa, spokesperson for Florida Power and Light. Thank you so very much. We really appreciate how proactive FPL has always been in trying to keep consumers informed and help us keep our bills down. And I appreciate your time as well. Thank you. For our next segment of Community Focus, we are talking jobs. Since the pandemic, the entire job market has shifted. So many businesses closed, many downsized, people have lost jobs, and the need for different kinds of jobs has increased. This week, Job News USA is holding a mega job fair at the FLA Live Arena right across from Sawgrass Mills. And when I tell you, when they use the word mega, they mean mega (laughs) to tell us what kinds of companies will be there, what kinds of job openings will be available, and how you can best present yourself. Very happy to welcome the general manager of Job News USA, Tiffany Price. Thank you for being here this morning. Thank you so much for having me. We're so excited to get back out there and do some face-to-face recruiting. Yeah. Um, yeah, that we're having the job fair. It's huge. It's there we have 100 companies and 8,000 jobs. Companies will be recruiting for 8,000 jobs and the majority of the companies at the job fair are doing on-the-spot offers. So if somebody's looking for a job, it is the place to be this Thursday. Okay. Now you've been at this a long time. You've been with Job News since 2005. So I know you've seen all the shifts that have happened over time, sometimes because of changes in technology or markets. But how has the pandemic affected the kinds of jobs that are available and what employers are going to be at this mega job fair Thursday? Well, at the job fairs in the past, you know, like you said, I've been with the company since 05. We used to be a newspaper, so that kind of dates <laughs> dates it on there. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. Um, but, you know, pre-pandemic, a lot of companies that would come out to job fairs, it was a lot of sales, entry-level customer service, a lot of, like, entry-level roles. And what we've really seen since the pandemic is uh, that is not the case anymore. Companies coming out to these events are looking for all skill levels, anywhere from entry level. We have a company at the job fair this week looking for physicians. Wow. Um, You know, so, I mean, there's entry level roles. It is all across the board in IT, and then we do have the warehouse, but a lot of healthcare companies looking for x-ray techs, you know, but then front desk. And then it's massive numbers, too. I have probably more than 20 companies that are hiring for over 400 positions at the event. Wow. Just them alone, 400 per company. Yeah, well, there's (laughs) been all this talk about, you know, the big resignation where people have left jobs or lost jobs and haven't gone back and gotten new jobs. And we're trying to figure out what are they doing? How are they make a living? And, you know, I don't know if people are selling their wardrobe on the Internet to make a living. 
but there's been hesitation, I think, to go back into the workplace. And this is a great opportunity for people to see that, yes, a regular job and a regular paycheck and having a place to go to work or working remotely, you know, are opportunities that can really be life-changing and guarantee you the security that you may not have at the moment. Can you give us some tips for people who people may have forgotten how to dress for success. You know, we've been so accustomed to wearing pajamas for (laughs) a couple of years. So so what kind of reminders (laughs) do we need? That's a good point because, you know, again, pre-pandemic, a job fair, if we were having the same conversation, you know, I would say suit and tie, a blazer for women, you know, come dress. I mean, you want to dress your best and dress for success, but that's not necessarily what it looks like anymore because people it's gotten a little bit more casual. So, you know, professional, you want to look put together, obviously don't come from the beach, you know, in your bathing suit and flip flops um, because first impressions are key. You know, it's like, you know, don't come straight from the beach and you want to look, you know, put together. If you're wearing a shirt, have it be ironed, you know, that type of stuff. Hopefully you're wearing a shirt. You know, one thing I can tell the women coming to the job fair, it is a big venue. I'm going to say probably a quarter mile to walk around it. Wear comfortable shoes because you will not make it if you are not comfortable. It is very important because there are a hundred companies. There is one way in and one way out. It's a big circle. We rent the entire bottom concourse of SLA Live Arena, but formerly BB&T. You know, more people know it as BB&T. And if you don't know it as either, it's where the Florida Panthers play hockey. (laughs) Right, exactly. Um, Out in Sunrise. (laughs) Right. um, Right. But it is a big venue and there's a hundred companies. They're spaced out. And you cannot turn around and go back out the entrance. You do have to loop around to exit. So be prepared to do some walking so that you can meet with all the companies. Because let's face it, you got up, you got dressed, you drove there. Why not make the best of it? The people who are sitting behind the computer when you're applying online are right there face to face. Doesn't get any better than that (laughs) if you're looking for a job. Okay. So dress professionally, comfortable shoes. Do you have to register in advance to come to this job fair? Is it recommended or required? It is not required. You can register when you get there. If you go online and pre-register, there's a couple benefits. One, you'll get a text message reminder the morning of that the job fair is that day because we know life happens and, you know, someone hearing this today, it's it's not till Thursday, so you'll get a reminder. Two, when you register on our site, you can download or you can save to your phone or print out the event directory ahead of time. Now, I'm going to pass them out at the registration table and I will be there, you know, right when you come in to the event so people can come up, ask for me if you have any questions um, about anything that we've gone over today, but... The directory is going to have every single company that's there. It's going to tell you where they're located, their booth number, and the jobs that they have. So there's 100 companies. You might want to do some research ahead of time. And let's say if you're an RN, you don't need to possibly go to some of the hotels that are looking for hospitality. So you can plan your day out and do a little research on the companies. Most companies you have to apply online at some point in time so that you can be in their ATS system and get paid eventually and things like that from them. 
So if there are companies that you're really interested in, go online ahead of time and do the pre-application because you're going to stand out when you go up and talk to that recruiter and you already have your printout or, or confirmation. You've already been online. You've already applied. Now they can go through and just find your name because they met you face to face and you stand out from the crowd. Yeah. And, and also researching the company itself so that you're knowledgeable about them when you go in that always impresses them when you already know what they do, what the company mission is, and you can speak their language before you even get there. That's definitely going to stand out with them. You know, one of the things that you mentioned is practicing your personalized pitch. And when I hear that, I think of Shark Tank, when the people who are trying to get money for their business have to have <laughs> an elevator pitch and, you know, really get to the point quickly about what they can do and how good they are and why you should want me. So do you have any guidance for putting together your own pitch so that you can get across to an employer quickly? What's so great about you that they should want you? Short, sweet, simple. And just be authentic. Be yourself. I mean, obviously, you want to go up and tell them, like, the specific, like, skill set that you have or what you're looking for. Um, you know, one of the biggest mistakes I think job seekers make at some of these events is they go up and say, what do you do? What do you have? Like, meh. It's like, well, you know, what can you bring to the table as well? And you want to be able to go up and say like, hi, I've been in customer service for 10 years. I'm looking to be an addition to or a benefit to your company, or, or I saw that you offer X, Y, or Z, and that was really attractive to me. You know, let's talk. But short, sweet, and simple, and you want to stand out in a good way because they will see a lot of people throughout the day. Some employers will have lines of 20, 30 people because they're spending time with you and doing one-on-one -on -one interviews. So you want to stand out and, like I said, like in a good way. Another thing that job seekers can do is if you do go to our site, which, by the way, is jobnews, with an S, USA.com. If you go on to there and pre-register, I have on there a link with the press release, and it has really detailed information outside of what the event directory has. The directory has company name and position. The press release actually has more detailed info that the companies give me, like if they offer free on-site daycare or sushi on Tuesdays or a bus pass or free cruises. So it gives you a lot of the perks because, uh, you know, the companies want to best, you know, sell their positions to job seekers because it is a job seekers market right now. Everyone wants to. <laughs> and so they're doing a lot more than what they used to have to to get good employees. So if someone is changing careers because there's been a lot of shifts because of the pandemic, is there some kind of guidance you can offer when you're going in for a job that you haven't worked in that industry, but you have the skills? How do you present that? And you say, okay, I'm making a shift from you know being an RN to being a GM or an IT, you know, whatever initials you want to put behind it. I would you know, again, doing the research on the companies ahead of time, because companies are very open to, you know, training, paying for licensing, if it's like an, an insurance sales or a different, you know, security uh, licensing and stuff like that. So they're really open to, to, to bringing on people that might not have the qualifications or the requirements that they normally would, you know, ask for. But seeing that, you know, that spark in someone, which is why it's so important to go to these type of events, because if someone was scrolling and looking at through resumes, maybe off of a job board, and you don't hit the requirements, they will just keep going. Right. But if you're face-to-face -face with someone, you have the opportunity to go online and do a little bit of research and find 
how the skills in the role that you've been doing or, or have experience with can be applied to that. And that's your elevator pitch. Um, you know, if you are an RN, you're passionate about helping people and, and caring and a hard worker and you could work long hours and you're on your feet and you know how to stay positive in stressful situations and they're looking for a general manager of sales, you can kind of work those angles into that role. But you can't do that on a piece of paper. Right. It has to be selling like yourself and being there and being personable with the companies. Have you thought of being a job coach? Because <laughs> you're so good at making these recommendations and making it simple <laughs> to understand. I mean, I, I think anybody could use this advice and get themselves hired. And, you know, when you talk about the piece of paper, we're so accustomed to everything being online now. In a situation like this where you're face to face, are resumes on paper still relevant? You know, that's a big question that everyone asks me. Um, some of the employers have said, hey, are we still doing that? And I really told everyone our first job fair back. Uh, when we opened the division in June of 2021, I said, no, no paper, no paper, no pens, no one touch anything, wear a mask, <laughs> you know, stay six feet apart, like no touching anything. And we tried QR codes, but some of these employers, like for example, just to give you an idea, the average booth has two recruiters at each table, right? So if we have a hundred tables, the average has two, but then we have companies like American Express who have 38. Wow. So they bring 38 people from their building into there to do one-on-one -on -one interviews and mass hire. Yes. They have two big sponsorships. They're right up in the front. And they hired, I think, like over 200 people at the March event on the spot. So if you have your resume and a QR code on your phone and you talk to John Smith and there's 37 other people and that person isn't there the next day or whatever the case is, and it's only on their phone, you could get like lost in the shuffle. Um, if you have it printed out, they have files, they go back, they all go back to the office, they sit there, you know, they'll have stars or notes or whatever on different pieces of paper. And I still think a lot of them use that old school um, paper okay. <laughs> because... You're meeting a lot of people and you can write notes right then and there on it, but you still might have to apply online. Some companies don't take any resumes at all back with them because it, that's not the process that they have. But I do suggest to bring them. Now, people will ask, well, I have to bring 100 copies. It's better to be overprepared than underprepared. There's no way to make copies at the stadium at okay. all. Okay. So if you only bring one, there's nothing. You, you only have one, you know. Get your copies in advance. <laughs> okay. And is there somewhere you can recommend on how yes. to make a great resume? It really depends on the roles. You know, it depends on if you are going for a web designer, your resume is going to look different than the sous chef's resume, than the RN's resume. So I would just suggest, I mean, there's a bunch of resources. We do have a couple companies that are at the job fair, but again, there are, you're already there. Yeah. Like Career Source has a lot of resources on their website of, you know, resume builders and things like that. And, you know, Google's at your friend. Okay. <laughs> I tell everyone, go into Google, look at them, and then, you know, you want it to reflect your personality, too. Right. So if you pick this splashy, you know, resume, but you're a little bit more reserved and you got all these crazy colors, it's not going to like reflect you as much. So that's kind of a, something that job seekers got to look at. And got it. 
and see. But there's a lot of resources online to build resumes, and they're pretty simple. Okay. Now, circling back to what you said about you were at a place a year ago where you didn't want anyone touching anything. Where are you now as far as health and safety guidelines for COVID? Well, we always follow the venues. Um, their policies, CDC, what they're recommending. It is a very big venue. We're not talking a ballroom in a hotel. You know, so even though there's 100 boots, there's probably 10 feet on each side of them in between. There's a lot of space. There's very high ceilings. There's not really ever a reason to be on top of somebody else like that close with them. And it's a personal preference. I mean, you can't walk more than a couple feet without us having hand sanitizing stations and things like that. And on on the masks, um, some people are wearing them. Some people are not. There's a lot of elbow, (laughs) elbow bumping instead of, you know, shaking of hands and things. But companies are bringing like a lot of swag out again. And and that was something that we saw. We call it swag. The giveaways and things like that where that was not happening in June because nobody... Unless it was hand sanitizer or a mask. I would go around. (laughs) Then those went pretty quickly. That's a nice little benefit of going. (laughs) Let's get the details on what time it starts, how long it goes. Are you better off being one of the first people there, being one of the last people, showing up in the middle? Does that make any difference at all? Well, it's on Thursday, so it's this week. It is from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. We will open the doors at 10, so you cannot, like, come in and linger, like, in the lobby. So they don't open till 10 o'clock. Employers pay attention to when you show up. So if it's at 2 and you try to come in at 1.57, they're not good. You know, the, the early bird gets the warm. You want to get there early in the morning. Keep in mind, it's Florida. It's hot. It rains. It stops. It's hot. <laughs> You'll be standing outside in the line going in if you're there before 10 o'clock. So I would suggest get there, you know, at if you were to plan on arriving at 10, the line will be moving inside okay. at that point. Don't bring big bags or like rolling suitcases or big purses because there is a security checkpoint. So the more stuff you have and the bigger your bag, the longer it takes to get everyone inside. So that's one thing I would suggest. You don't want to be standing outside for an hour in the Florida heat. Oh, no. That's not the way to make a good impression on a potential employer. You know, with sweat dripping down your back and, you know, the frizz <laughs> and all of that. So it's free to attend. Parking is free. And basically, this is just a free opportunity for you to really put your life where you want it to be with a job that you want to have. And best recommendation, again, go to JobNewsUSA.com, pre-register and download that guide so you can do the advanced homework, look at what jobs there are. You can pick out which of the hundred employers you want to stop at. Uh, You may see some along the way that interest you that you didn't think you'd be interested in, but you can sort of plan ahead of time and be most efficient with the four hours that you have available there. So we also have this up on our events listing, or again, you can go directly to jobnewsusa.com, find out everything. This Thursday, the 23rd at the FLA Live Arena, where the Panthers play across from Sawgrass Mills, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Tiffany Price, General Manager with Job News USA, thank you so much for what you do And for bringing all these companies together, you really, I I, am sure that you are changing lives every time you put together one of your mega job fairs. So thank you again. 
Thank you, and thank you so much for having me. And one more thing I forgot to mention, the companies that will be at the event are hiring Broward, Palm Beach, and Miami. All the way from Homestead up to Jupiter, just because it's in Sunrise does not mean the job is located there. Ah, I wanted to make sure that everyone knows that, that it's all of South Florida. Outstanding. Okay, thank you so much. And we'll talk to you again before the next mega job fair. Thank you. And thank you for listening to Community Focus this morning. If you have questions about today's show or would like to suggest a topic, please feel free to email me at ellen.jaffe, J-A-2-F-S-1-E, at cmg.com. Join us again next Sunday for an all-new edition of Community Focus, and have a wonderful day. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra. Just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.